Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome to the television mausoleum. We are here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This would be a podcast in which we analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, or perhaps only one episode. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. I saw the tiger. The tiger sold me. Yep, we are on part two of our Tiger King extravaganza. Yes, and before we do that, I'm going to introduce a brand new segment. This is some post-mortuary research. A little post-mortem. Post, what's, what's the word I want here? After death, post-mortem? Post-mortem. Yeah, post-mortem research. Uh, I have some research about some past episodes I need to bring up really quickly. Okay. Uh, so about our previous episode on Tiger King, uh, I went back and checked something out. We were talking about staff and whether or not uh, Joe Exotic misgenders him. Saf. Saf, excuse me, Saf. Uh, and I went back and I watched it, and Joe Exotic does in fact misgender Seth. But in the nine one one phone call, the correct pronouns are used. Huh? So like, there are people at the park that know it's he, him, and Joe Exotic is screwing it up. All right. So that was an interesting thing that I wanted to bring up in some post mortem research. Okie dokie. Also. Uh, Our previous episode before Tiger King was WrestleMania. Yes, it was. Interesting thing about WrestleMania that I found out. Okay. Remember that Boneyard match? Yes. Well, AJ Styles, in a a promo about setting up this Boneyard match, says, you know, I want to face the dead man. I don't see the dead man anymore. I see some guy on Twitter sharing pictures Swimming with tigers. Oh, you didn't know this. I did not know this until recently. Oh. It's Doc's Tigers. It is, yes. This was huge news when this was happening. I had no idea. Because this all this all dropped right about when both of those things were simultaneously airing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought you knew. I had no idea. I found that out recently that the Undertaker was swimming with Doc's Tiger. Yeah, no. I bet Doc hit on Michelle McCool. Probably. <laughs> so that has been some post-mortem research. Post-mortem research. <laughs> so now we can get back into Tiger King. As we Did love- we ever really leave Tiger King? No, I've been so obsessed with just like looking up. I have other things to bring up later that I wouldn't be surprised if it's stuff you already have, but... I get, we got tons to talk about here. So, this next episode is Bananas. Yes. Uh, this is when we meet James. James. James is a strip club owner. J- James is kind of like the mastermind. He's very important because he's later going to be an informant. Oh, yes, yeah. Fans. This is our jet ski friend. Yes. We, we are not there yet. I forgot his name. I apologize. Um... And James invests money, a five-figure amount, 
to open a pizza restaurant on the property. Yes. And they used the expired Walmart meat they on the pizza. Used, yeah. It just the thought of people watching this documentary and being like, oh, oh no, I ate that pizza. I mean, theoretically, there's somebody who got food poisoning from that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I remember I had a friend who worked as like a health inspector and he was inspecting a Little Caesars. Oh, no. And he said, uh, what's the expiration date on the ham you're using? And the employee said, it's ham. It doesn't expire. It's like, ooh, that's scary to think about. (laughs) So don't eat at Joe Exotic's. Well, it's not. Or Little Caesars. Uh, So we see a little bit of his newfound interest in politics. Yes. We see a little bit of his 2016 presidential campaign, Mm -hmm. which John Oliver had picked up. Yeah, and I remember actually watching this episode of John Oliver with Joe Exotic in it. Because, like, when Tiger King came out, I was like, oh, he ran for president. Yeah. And he introduces himself, Joe Exotic, in a political ad, introduces himself through a John Mulaney bit. I am gay. I've had two boyfriends most of my life. I've had some kinky sex. I have tried drugs through the younger years of my life. I am broke as shit. I have a judgment against me from some bitch down there in Florida. I am homeless. I am gay. I have AIDS. I'm new in town. And I am new in town. <laughs> really? You're just gonna you're gonna end with I'm new in town? So it it's I think when we watched it, I literally looked at you and went, This is <laughs> you went, I'm new in town. Yes. Um, because I couldn't not think of that. And he is running for president. And uh, he just kind of falls into the same gimmicks, though. Like, yes. his big thing is he has condoms with his face on it. Joe passed out condoms with his face on them. Political condoms. Vote for me, or you need this because you're screwed. Because if you don't vote for him, you're screwed. You're screwed. He never really has a platform. No. At least the documentary doesn't show anything. Other than like. Pro gun, pro owning wildlife. Yeah, yeah. Other than his interests. Pro his lifestyle, essentially. Yeah, it would be amazing if he came out and he was just like, I have a great idea on how to fix the environment. Really, Joe Exotic? It's like, yeah, I got a great plan. We're going to cut down on ozone admissions. and Yeah, it's like, what is your international policy? Have you ever spoken to someone who has been to another country? <laughs> um, and then we also see intercut with this Carol Baskin lobbying in Congress to get her, um, get the law passed about people owning and breeding big cats. And she kind of complains that the odds are stacked against her. Yes. Because the... People like Doc Antle and Joe Exotic didn't go to Congress. But people like Doc Antle uh, show up and bring the tigers with them. And yes. then once the Congress people have played with the cute tigers, they no longer want to ban the ownership exactly. of them. Exactly. Like, look at my cute tiger. Of course, they're bringing cubs and not full-grown tigers. It'd be really funny just leaving a grown tiger through Congress, like on a leash. <laughs> Picturing those videos where the 
the dog doesn't want to walk anymore, so just lays down on the sidewalk. Yeah, like, yeah. no. No. Mishka, on, go to bed. <laughs> but once again, the, the documentary is, is trying to create this parallel between, like, Joe Exotic's getting into politics and Carol Baskin's getting into politics. This is the one that looks like the most lopsided because you have Joe Exotic, crazy person, trying to become president and Carol trying to get a law passed like a lobbyist. Yeah, like Carol is doing very, very normal things. Yeah. She is lobbying to get a law passed. That is something that lots and lots and lots of people do, whether they're letter writing or visiting or what have you. And... But I'm going to spoiler for uh, history. Joe Exotic loses the election. Uh, he doesn't get a chance to debate. It's really a crime. Uh, so he ends up running for governor because why not? Yeah, in 2018, he runs for Oklahoma governor. And we also meet then his campaign manager, who is Josh, who is this like. Fairly nice, normal-seeming man. Yeah, and he basically was like, Joe Exotic ruined my life. Yes. And then there's interviews of him later, and he looks even worse. Like, <laughs> like you kind of well, see the slope of this man's life. When we get into why he looks worse, it's completely understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Exotic legitimately ruins this fellow's life. Yes. Um... But he comes across very grounded and very intelligent compared to everyone else we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. He just kind of seems like, you know, okay, I, where else am I at my age? Because he's very young. Yes. Uh, when this happened. Where else is he going to get experience managing an entire campaign? Yeah. I mean, now he's got like a resume that said like, Campaign manager for Joe Exotic. I don't know if that's a good thing to see. I mean, I guess at the time his thought was, I can say I managed a small gubernatorial campaign. <laughs> Which one? Ep, 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 ep. We don't need to get into that. <laughs> and it could be it, kind of like, hey, this is the best entry level position I could get. Like, that's kind right. of how he justifies taking the job of yeah. like, he wants to get into politics and this is a way he can jump over the getting coffee and getting donuts. Yes. Part of politics. And play with tigers. And we see Joe get attacked by a tiger. So let's really break this down. Yes. Joe Exotic, and this is something that I need to ask because I don't remember this, but he's doing one of the, I believe he says like, this is tape number 117. Yes. I'm Joe Exotic. And he's wearing a knee brace and he's on a crutch. Yes. Do we ever learn how that happened? No. It, it's kind of just like one of these things where it's like, oh, I I guess he always had a, a knee brace and a crutch. Why wouldn't he? But he reminds me of Emperor Zerg from The Fifth Element in the way he walks. <laughs> Emperor Zerg? Zerg? Is that his name? I think you're thinking of... Uh, Buzz Lightyear's greatest enemy? <laughs> yes. Uh Gary, you're thinking of Gary Oldman's character in the yes. element, right? Is it not Zerg? I don't think it's Zerg. I am currently looking it up because it's going to bother. Leave, me. leave in the comments the name of Gary Oldman's character from Fifth Element. Oh Don't my we... God, it's Zorg! Ah, you were shockingly close. Fifth Element was one of my favorite movies. 
But just, like, the way he limps is very much like Zorg. And just being like, you introduce some chaos. And now look at all these little things that has... He kind of sounds like him. (laughs) Now that I think about it, I'm going to have to play these clips back and forth. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to video message number 113. Life, which you shall nobly serve, comes from destruction, disorder, and chaos. Now take this empty glass. Here it is, peaceful, serene, boring. But if it is destroyed... all these little things but so then the tiger attacks him i mean it could be anything you and i have both on other occasions had to wear a knee brace that's true that's so true. like it could be a very minor like he fell off his limo and twisted his knee during a campaign thing like yeah it could be anything he could have been showboating and done something stupid the, maybe <laughs> yeah like and it wasn't interesting enough compared to all of this it was probably something super mundane mm-hmm. that's not interesting enough to include. Probably. Uh, I know, like, in comparison to all the other things. Yeah, like a knee injury is fairly common. So, so <laughs> he, we see one of the tigers begin to sniff his shoes. Yes. Like a puppy. Mm-hmm. And Joe's kind of like trying to walk away. And then all of a sudden it bites down. Yeah. And he starts hitting it with his crutch. Yeah. And the tiger just starts to like drag him away. Yeah, into his little tiger house. And then two other tigers are like, "What are you? What are you doing? You you gonna eat his feet? Well, what do you got going on here? What you doing? You gonna eat something? You gonna share?" And then we watch Joe Exotic pull his revolver out. Mm-hmm. And now I'm terrified. I'm about to see a cat execution. Yeah. But he just kind of shoots to scare them away. Yeah. Uh Joe picks himself up and then, like, slowly hobbles his way out of this cage while these three tigers, like, circle him. Yeah. And, like, he threatens to shoot one. He fires again to scare them away. And then he hobbles out of the cage. Now, if you ask Joe Exotic what happened, he claims someone put cologne all over his shoes so that tigers would eat him. Mm Mm-hmm. They are filming this whole thing, and he's furious that nobody attempts to help him. And, like, the way it is shot is terrifying to me. Yeah. Because, like, not only does this guy keep filming and, like, not help him, which I understand not jumping into a tiger pen, but the camera remains so steady that, like, he doesn't even seem affected that this has happened. Yeah, just like, oh, well, this is my day. Like, he does like, you don't hear anyone else yell for help. No. Like, it, it like, the, it seemed like he was just like, now I'm going to shoot him getting eaten by tigers. That's just what this camera will pick up today. Yep. It feels very weird. Uh, they talked to Jeff Loeb about it, and he's very cavalier, like, why would I do that? Why would I put... Stuff on his shoes. And then they talk to Carol, who's like, you would use sardine oil. Yeah, who's like, it's one of the most allegedly damning things she says. It's like, if I were going to, you know, if somebody wanted to kill you, then they would put like sardine oil all over you. Something that the cat wants to eat, not something the cat wants to drool on. Because the perfume, that's all they want to do is just drool all over it. They're just like, <laughs> And everyone's like, dude. <laughs> Carol. 
dude, maybe maybe don't incriminate yourself like that. <laughs> um, so we start to see Joe getting paranoid and Joe tailspinning mentally. Uh, there, there's one thing I want to talk about before we get into this. Okay. That, that I think we missed. And there is a time where Jeff and uh, Joe are buddies. Yes. And there's this, they're like teaming up and they're, they put, Joe puts up a $10,000 reward for anyone who has information on Carol Baskin killing her husband. Right. And she says something like, she doesn't even have to go to jail. You just need to have information. Right. And then uh, Jeff is like, I'll put up another ten grand." So they're offering twenty grand. Mm-hmm. For information that might be true and might get Carol arrested. Yes. That's insanity. Yeah. Because they both hate Carol um, because she is threatening to both of their livelihoods. Right. Uh, like, Joe and Carol are the defining rivalry of the show. Mm-hmm. But Doc, Joe, all the rest of them don't like her either. Right. And now we're going to get to the, like, very, very dark part of the show. Mm-hmm. It gets a little less fun coming up. Yeah. Um, so we see that uh, John, Great Value Batista, has left Joe. Yes. He got into a relationship with someone else. With a woman. With a lady. Um, the lady became pregnant. Mm-hmm. And uh, John wanted to do what he considered the right thing with his family Mm -hmm. and raise their child. So he leaves Joe. And that leaves his other husband, Travis Maldonado. Yes. And it is important to mention at this time that Joe, he has the Joe Exotic name, but he also goes by Joe Maldonado. Yeah, that's his real name. Yeah, well, that's Travis's name. He takes Travis's name in marriage. Right, right, right. Um... And then we see something that, like, I am... That's a huge ethical dilemma that I've been reading a lot of articles about whether they should have shown this. This, like, besides how horrible this is, like, there is a fascinating aspect to this. Because, one, by this point, you've seen Travis be a crazy person, like, for a while now. Yeah, Travis is reckless. But... If you go back and look at the person he was when you were first introduced to him versus who he is in these last couple scenes, like, you can tell he's been through some shit. Yeah, and that, like, there's heavy drug issues. There's heavy drug issues. He's making these claims that he can't leave the park Mm -hmm. and that's what he wants to do. Plus, apparently, he's straight, mm-hmm. and he's been banging all the girls in the park. Yeah. Uh, but, like, they have all these shots of him being very reckless. And they have the shot of him saying, I'm going to have one last cigarette before I die. Which, that could just be editing. Who knows when he said that before what happens next happens. Warning. Or, for, or I guess this could be our trigger warning here. Yeah, uh, this it's is going to get very dark soon. Uh, we see the actual footage, and Joshua, the campaign manager, tells the story about mm-hmm. Travis is playing with a gun. Yes, 
and claims that there is a, I, it's a technical reason. That I Basically, uh, I, I do know this. Uh, he has a gun and he points it at the campaign manager. And the campaign manager was like, Travis, we've been over this. Please do not point firearms at me. Which is a terrifying thing mm-hmm. that like, we've been over this is like yeah. not a good time. And I think he says it's a Luger. I think that's the gun he has. And uh, there's no clip in it. So without clip, there's no bullets. However, when you load a gun, the bullets stay in the clip and one goes into the chamber. If you then remove the clip, one stays in the chamber. Okay. So Travis takes the gun and puts it to his head to prove that it won't go off. And it goes off. And we see, uh, we see Joshua. We we see it. Like we don't see the, the, it, but we see Joshua through the entire thing. The shot is unbelievable. He is seated. Travis is seated underneath the camera. Yeah. So you cannot see him. You only see Joshua watch it and react. Yes. Which like. If this was fiction, a director couldn't couldn't have come up with something more perfect than this. Because it is so unsettling and, like, accomplishes everything that the viewer needs to learn. Yeah, and it's, I'm so uncomfortable with it, this footage. It's so uncomfortable because it's like, I, I can't believe it exists. I can't believe it was being shown to me. Like, everything about this shot is unbelievable and not in the fun Joe Exotic way. In the like, this can't happen. Like we, we see Josh flinch, mm-hmm. and then just sit there in shock, and then stare for a while. Mm-hmm. And like, it seems there you could say like, oh, he doesn't do anything for a while, but he's in obvious shock. Yeah, like he could not think. Like you probably could have said anything to him, and he'd been like, uh huh. Yeah, and then like he snaps out of it. And immediately, like, scrambles out of his chair after a couple seconds. Well, you know, first he asked him if he's okay, because his brain, like, will not accept what just happened happened. Right. Because in an interview, he's like, Travis is a prankster. Yeah. And he's like, so I thought maybe it was a joke. And really, it's, I hope this was a joke. Like, that was his brain being like, don't, let's not accept this as reality yet. Yeah, denial. Yeah. Uh, so Travis unfortunately dies. Right. In the park. Yeah. Like. Almost immediately. Yeah. So, they have to have a funeral for him. And Joe Exotic does not take the death well. Right. Um, he is extremely upset. He's mourning. And it's, you know, it is his husband. Yes. Uh, but he also performs at this funeral. Yes. And... He also tells very lewd stories. And about tells him. unbelievably lewd stories. And they, the, the documentarian cuts between Joe Exotic, who is wearing, like, a priest collar. Yes. Telling stories about Travis's balls. And then cutting to Travis's crying mother. Yes. Because, I mean, I've attended funerals where you tell uh, filthy stories about the deceased. Mm -hmm. Uh, When my godfather died, Mm -hmm. uh, the entire, the way the funeral was set up was we, everyone was able to tell stories. And a lot of the stories ended with, 
they tell that story in Mixed Company to right. the point where you and I kind of had a moment of watching the funeral director get visibly frustrated <laughs> of like, what did this man do? <laughs> um, but so there is a time and a place for that kind of thing. Yeah. However, my godfather was much older. Mm-hmm. He had passed away after a significantly long illness. He was not a young man who had died a sudden death. Right. Like, and that was the proper way to honor that man, is through fun and stories and laughter. But... I mean, this is a man that mooned an entire restaurant from a ferry. Exactly. Like, we Whenever a butt passes the Cape May restaurants, he'll be there. But <laughs> the way Travis, who is a straight male, yes. is honored is by having Joe Exotic talk about his testicles... And then lip sync to a song. Yes. I apologize to all of our listeners that hear a train. Jeff leaves the zoo for a little bit and like does some Vegas stuff. Um, so he's, you know, doing the party buses again and kind of just like letting Joe cool off and mourn. Mm-hmm. And then we find out that Joe is going on. We, the next time we see Joe, he's going on his first date since Travis is passing. Well, we, we get... Thanksgiving, right? Uh, So he has a Thanksgiving dinner that he provides people. And I kind of thought this read as false to me. Mm -hmm. Because, like, he brings all these people in and he says, like, let's think about those who are not with their loved ones. Which is him talking about himself. And then he goes outside and has a cigarette. And I think Joe says... Uh, I think he had onions in his pocket, so he would cry. I did look into this. You mean this. Jeff says that about Joe? No, I think Joe, his ex-husband, says this. John. John, I'm sorry. John says it. Yeah. Um, but apparently this was something he did every year. Like, he legitimately did a Thanksgiving for yeah. free. And Saf says, like, there were good moments in the park that we didn't really focus on. Hmm. So, that was a surprise. Uh, So then, moving on. um, After Travis's death, he meets another man. Yes. Boy. Child. Yeah, so he's... The next time we see him after that, he's getting ready to go on his first date. And the documentarian does a good job here establishing the passage of time. Because we really think it's been a while. Well, I remember sitting, like, on the edge of my seat, where he's, where he's like, yeah, I found another guy, and they're in, like, a limo, yeah, and all this other stuff, and I'm like, I, I immediately don't buy in. I'm like, they're going to say how long this has been, and I don't think it's going to be enough time. Yeah, I think they're hiding how long this has been. This is going to be only a year. They're married in two months. <laughs> From what I understand, he married... He, they're not married in a two-month relationship. He is married two months after Travis's death. Yeah. Like... And Travis's mother attends the wedding. Mm-hmm. And she is very distraught. Because she thinks, like... She thinks it's not great, but that he's moved on. Mm-hmm. But it's not a big wedding. Travis's mother is one of the only guests, and she kind of says, like, he did this so that people would see that I was there, 
and assume I thought it was okay. Yeah. So my guess is Joe Exotic is one of these people that is just terrified to be alone. Yes. So, like, he doesn't know how to not be in a relationship. Right. Uh, So he just snatches this guy up as fast as possible. And next thing you know, they're married. Yeah. He also has a shrine to Travis that he goes and hangs out with and smokes a cigarette and takes pictures of the sky because sometimes Travis sends him messages in clouds. Yeah. I think this is all for the camera. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I don't... He knows how intensive it looks that he was married two months later. Yeah, I, I don't buy that he takes pictures of the sky and looks for messages. Or even hangs out at this memorial. Yeah, no. But that's just my theory. A Tiger King theory. So, we are finally getting into, uh, we're finally getting into the real plot. Yes. Here. Why is Joe Exotic in jail? We already know at this point that Joe Exotic is in jail. Yeah. As of 2020, when this is released. As of November 2018, he had still been running for office. All of this has to happen between November 2018 and... February 2020. hmm So, we now find out that he is in jail for a murder-for-hire plot that he hired someone to take out a hit on Carol Baskin. Right. And the first person we really talk to about this is Alan Glover, who is Jeff Lowe's handyman. Mm-hmm. He is loyal to Jeff. Jeff has paid him. Jeff's always given him work. He likes Jeff. He's like... Maybe not personally, but likes Jeff enough professionally. And Joe kind of decides that Alan will kill Carol for him. Yes. Because he has a teardrop tattoo. (laughs) Yes. Um, And Jeff Lowe accuses Joe Exotic of using money from the zoo, therefore using Jeff's money... To run for office. That all of his campaign money came from the zoo and came from essentially Jeff. hmm So, Joe Exotic still kind of thinks Jeff stole the zoo from him and feels entitled to any money from the zoo. Right. Legally, Jeff owns the zoo. hmm So, Joe Exotic takes some of his animals and leaves. Yeah. He just hightails it out of there. So... And immediately Jeff scrubs Joe Exotic from the zoo. Yes. So no more country music DVDs being sold. No more condoms with his face. Yeah. Joe Exotic is no longer a character. It's now called like the Greater Winwood Greater Winwood Zoo. And is now like kind of being billed as more respectable. Yeah. They are trying to kind of put that sheen of kind of like what we see with Doc Antle's zoo. Right. That sheen of respectability, that sheen of like we are we are a real thing. We're not just a weird roadside attraction. Mm-hmm. So, Joe Exotic allegedly gives Alan Glover $3,000 to kill Carol Baskin. Right. And multiple people are like, so that's nothing. 
Right. They kind of have this narrative, if I understood it correctly, of Alan being like, I will kill Carol Baskins for five grand. And Joe going, I only have three. And then Alan being like, oh, okay. And takes the three grand and leaves. Yep. Because that's not enough money, but you were stupid enough to hand this to me. So I'll see ya. And he essentially goes out and buys, like, <laughs> like hookers and blow, essentially. Like, and anytime they, they interview this guy, who yeah. is supposedly a hitman hired to kill Carol Baskins, and he has, like, the guiltiest face. Yeah. Where he's just kind of always like, yeah, it would have been really bad if I did that. <laughs> like, he has this whole, like, I'm a bad boy <laughs> air about him. And it's kind of funny because he, he does not kill Carol Baskin. No, no, but yeah, she survives. So no, she's never attacked by, by him. So he pretty much takes the money and runs. Yes. Um, we, we don't even really know if Alan was ever going to kill her. Right. Or if he was just like... Give me your money and I'm going to go party with it. Um, so then, like, Jeff gets into legal trouble. Mm-hmm. He gets into an altercation in his hotel room with a significant other. I don't think, I don't remember whether it was Lauren. It wasn't Lauren. But I, I think it also had to do with tigers. Yes. Because he was like, he would just put them in suitcases and then go to Vegas. So... James brings Jeff in to talk to the feds, and Jeff essentially sells Joe Exotic out mm-hmm. in exchange for not really facing charges. Did, did we say why James is working with the feds? We did not yet. Okay. Do you want to reveal that? No, you can do it. He is... He got busted for an illegal lemur? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now he's working with the feds. That's the story he claims. Other people make other claims. But he was like, yeah, I had an illegal lemur, so now I had to sell out Joe Exotic's murder plot. And uh, the kind of the stinger for the next episode is based on Joe Exotic claiming everything is a lie and it's all been a conspiracy to get rid of him. If I may yes. present an argument to the court. Uh, the claim is that... Joe Exotic paid three thousand mm-hmm. dollars to kill Carol Baskins. Okay. Uh, had he had paid the agreed upon five thousand dollars, she would have been dead. That is kind of what is being implied here. Like, had he paid the full amount, she would have been killed. Had he not like tried to get a discount? Yeah. So. He was only willing to pay three... In this story, he was only willing to pay $3,000 to kill Carol Baskets. How much were they offering for information about her? 10000 20000 20000 you're right. So this seems, like, suspicious. Yep. Now, of course, like, the obvious answer is they were never going to give $20,000 to someone who had information about Carol Baskins. But... Jeff Lomino... Jeff Loeb might have, and Jeff Loeb actually throws the money on the table during the interview where he's like, yeah, I'll pay 10 grand for information on her. Yeah. Which means that he has access to that money. Yes. And if Joe Exotic was using his money to run for governor, he had access to that money. Yep. So he could have easily accessed five grand to do this. Yeah, just cheat. 
Like, I don't understand how it's like, hey, did you hire a hitman? I did, but I didn't have enough to pay all of it. Well, we can't move in yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and everybody's kind of disturbed by how, like, how much money has Joe Exotic spent on lawsuits and annoying Carol Baskin? Oh. And yet he cheaps out on this. I, I had some other uh, research about those lawsuits that I wanted to bring up. Okay. I'm not, I don't think you've heard this one, so this should be good. Uh, Joe Exotic, along with apparently this murder plot, would go to uh, Big Cat Rescue, Carol Baskin's zoo, mm -hmm. and dress up as a bunny and have other people dress up as tigers and, like, eat him because <laughs> he was creating this narrative that uh, Carol fed live rabbits to her tigers. Okay. And he would take all these other pictures in front of Big Cat Rescue. Okay. And he would get these photographers to do it for him. Carol Baskins then contacted the photographers and bought the rights to the pictures and then sued Joe Exotic for copyright infringement. Yeah, it's pretty funny. So she owns the pictures that are meant to slander him because he didn't pay the photographers. I mean, it, it's his fatal flaw, kind of, is just being kind of cheap. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he wants to, you know, be a mastermind, but he can't quite do it. No. Like, the, the one thing that, like, I kept, like... Falling back on as one of my reasons why I think maybe Joe is innocent is I don't think he's smart enough to do a scheme. <laughs> he doesn't seem like a schemer. Yeah, he's not. I, You know, I feel like he does. He's just not good at it. Like, he thinks of himself as a mastermind. Uh, you're not a big Game of Thrones person, mm -hmm. but I get major Cersei Lannister vibes. Hmm. Of thinking they're the chess master, thinking they're sexually desirable, and thinking they're the only person who's good at lying and everybody else is, like, super gullible. When really, spoilers for Game of Thrones up through the fifth book, those house of cards always fall. Yeah. And, like, we see kind of that starting to happen to Joe. The next episode, which is the last episode of the main series, uh... Starts off an irony. Joe is in a cage. Yes. Joe the Tiger King. He is now in prison. He is sentenced to 22 years for the attempted murder of Carol Baskins. Yeah, and he's not wealthy. Or no. excuse me, he's not young. No. So everyone kind of agrees that with Joe's lifestyle, Joe is going to die in prison. Yeah. He has a 22-year sentence, and he's in his 50s. Yeah. So he is not likely to get out of jail in any significant amount of time. And so everybody kind of thinks, like, he is going to die in jail. Yeah. Uh, Jeff himself is also facing legal trouble for having wild animals without a license and lots of unregistered guns. Yes. So he gets almost nothing. He gets parole. Mm-hmm. Because he worked with the feds. Yeah, there's also a warrant for his arrest out in Vegas. Yeah, so he's just not going to go there. His court... Well, he has a court date. Um, he was later, like, arrested, but his court date has been pushed back due to COVID-19. Oh. 
So he hasn't had his day of court. Uh, he also finds out how much money was spent on those custom condoms and freaks out. Yeah. Yeah, like $75,000 in custom condoms. 75000 Is that what you just said? Yes. 75000 Correct. Decimal point zero zero. How could he not have five grand to kill Carol Baskin? Like, he was willing to spend $70,000 more for condoms than killing this woman that's supposed to be his greatest adversary. Yep. There's something, something's fishy here. Something is fishy. Is that sardine oil? But I'm ching. So, uh... Joe was trying to leave in the dead of night. He yes. and his husband, this is before he's arrested, he and Dylan try to run away. Mm-hmm. So he takes one baby tiger with him, because it's all he can really take. Mm-hmm. And he and his husband and the baby tiger run away together. And we spend a little more time with James. Uh, James is, as Jeff calls him, a human Chucky doll. James is a weird-looking cat. Yeah. He has, like, a little Dutch boy haircut. Mm Mm-hmm. He is very thickly built. Yes. And... He's got a jet ski. And he's a jet ski. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of jet ski footage of him. And he, um... Both of them talk about Joe's plan to kill Carol and how, like, Jeff kind of... Says, like, I killed Carol on her bike trail because she goes bicycling a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has her job, and they're like, you can get her to and fro- to or from work. So, they kind of have this, like, they've all been n- not abstractly discussing how to kill this woman. Like, yeah. legitimate plans. This is beyond, oh my god, I'm going to kill her. This is... Here is the exact time and place it would be best and how we would do it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Jeff brings up the Google Earth images of the biking trail and Joe, like, or Jeff openly admits to it on camera. He was like, yeah, I showed him where the biking trail was and stuff. Well, he basically says, like, I needed to get evidence that Joe was going to do it. So I kind of pressured him. Yeah, like, he kind of... Moves the pieces. Yeah, which is entrapment. Yeah. No, it's not entrapment. It's close to entrapment, though. Yeah, I mean, it's... uh, He's manipulating Joe. Mm Mm-hmm. But Joe ultimately does it himself. Yeah. So, nobody really knows what happened to Alan while he was gone with the money. Uh, Alan... Turns up at a South Carolina strip club. Yeah. He's like, oh, was, was there a thing I was supposed to do? <laughs> and legitimately doesn't remember. And then does the, his next interview in a bathtub. Yeah, I remember that. I mean, like, this is unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, and to the point where in the reunion episode, uh, Jeff and Lauren Lowe literally say, like, we don't know why he did that. That was weird. <laughs> Dude, why are you taking a bath? So, uh, Jeff's main motivation is getting Joe out of the zoo. 
Because mm. Joe has been embezzling money and Joe has been a thorn in his side this whole time. Yes. So he wants Joe out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, James, the Chucky doll, reaches out to Howard and Carol to try to get information or try to convey that he has information about Joe that could lead to Joe's arrest. Right. Um, and then Howard doesn't play the game and Howard calls the cops. Yeah. And essentially the FBI shows up and forces James into cooperation. Yes. Or he will lose his lemur. (laughs) Or something. Something lemur, lemur illegal. So, yeah, they... They have a really interesting plan. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody really... Like, it does feel like Jeff and Alan really push Joe into it. Yes. And then Joe eventually goes down for it. Well, then they in, they hire an informant who's a pretend hitman. Who offers to kill Carol for 10K. Right. And Jeff records Joe telling him to kill Carol. Right. Uh, so they can't get that to stick because money doesn't change hands. Right. Money, the action has to happen. So unfortunately for everyone, Joe has to pay somebody. Mm-hmm. And Joe isn't good at paying. No, he's real bad at it. So then they find out that Joe has allegedly killed five tigers. Yes. Because he could not afford to feed them. And then buried their remains somewhere mm. in the zoo. Um, we don't really know who informed the FBI. Because there's like a list of people who could have done it. Mm-hmm. Like, could have been Eric. Could have been Jeff. Could have been Joe. Could have been a husband. Um, so... James discusses possibly moving the GW Zoo. And Jeff is like, yeah, we'll do it. We'll be business partners. And then Jeff cuts James out almost immediately. Yeah. So so they kind of get this animal cruelty and violation of the Endangered Species Act. Right. For euthanizing an endangered species. Uh, We say euthanizing. We don't really know how they were killed. Euthanizing is what, I mean, like, euth- <laughs> the, the term euthanize is, like, putting them down. It's probably with a gun. Euthanizing is medical. He murdered tigers. I don't think you murder animals. Like, just the term. It is, that's better to describe what is happening. No, that, uh, intent. Euthanasia is medical. Okay. Euth, like, uh, it is literally defined as the painless killing of a patient suffering it from an incurable and painful disease or in an irreversible coma. What well, euthanize is the word they use, is what I'm saying. Like... Because they say that about Doc, too, like a few episodes earlier. Like, Doc euthanizes tigers. Like, some nights you hear a gunshot and then there's not a tiger there. Like, yeah, they're using that, the term incorrectly. That's murder. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they are using the term incorrectly. They say euthanize. Yeah, they murder. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Because euthanize is not the correct term, grammatically. Mm, no. <laughs> so, they, you know, they're going to start this new zoo. Jeff comes in with Tim Stark, who we met, like, three episodes ago and haven't seen in a while. And Tim uses his own construction materials and really, like, gets involved in the making of this new zoo. And Jeff doesn't bring anything to the table and Tim splits off from Jeff. Right. We also see that Lauren is pregnant. Yes. This is your favorite line. They're talking about her, that they're going to get a hot nanny. Yes. And Lauren's fine with that because Lauren's also a swinger. Mm -hmm. Lauren mentions like, maybe we'll get one that speaks another language so that the baby can be bilingual. And Jeff like visibly cringes at the idea of having, you know, a nanny that doesn't just speak English. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he turns to Lauren and goes, like, yeah, he's, she's getting induction, or induced. Mm-hmm. So, like, planned labor. And then he goes, yeah, and then she'll be back in the gym the next day. Yeah. That's not how the female body works, Jim. No, it's very um, gross of him to say that. Yeah, like, it is usually minimum six weeks after giving birth before you can even approach exercise, much less the gym. Yeah. Um... But Lauren, like, smiles, like, an oh, you kind of mm-hmm. way. Because um, Jeff is rich and has tigers. So Jeff informs Joe that if he shows up at the zoo, uh, he'd be shot for trespassing. Mm-hmm. And Joe flees Oklahoma because he doesn't want Jeff to kill him. Because now he thinks Jeff has a hit on him. Right. But now he has fled the state while the feds are looking for him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they start trying to, like, fake hashtag Belize. Yeah, the, he tries to make it look like he's in Belize, but he's in Florida, right? because yeah, this all had to end in <laughs> it Florida. It had to end in Florida. Which is a really dumb idea, because Carol lives in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> so, you were going toward your intended victim. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Doc Antle was like, this is stupid. <laughs> Anyone knows a credible hitman will cost at least $100,000. <laughs> so he and Carol are both just like in their yeah. own incriminating world. Uh, but now like, they kind of figure out now he's fled the feds. He has the violation of the Endangered Species Act and they are able to apprehend Joe in a parking lot. Yes. So everyone kind of turns on him. And even all the informer employees. Except for John Reinecke, the one with the uh, painted legs. Yes. And he tries to let, he tries to get the FBI to let him testify on Joe's behalf, like as a character witness. Mm -hmm. And the FBI's like, no. No, we'd rather you didn't. And uh, Eric, the head zookeeper, gets very intoxicated and cries. Mm-hmm. Because he was very attached to the tigers. He is the one person in the zoo that indisputably mm-hmm. loved the animals. Yeah, well, all of this goes down, and he's the only one that are like, but the tigers. Yeah, and he is like clutching a, ti- a stuffed tiger and sobbing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't know 
we don't see the, any of the trial, obviously. Um, we don't know anything. And, like, John Finley, his ex-husband, testifies against him. Alan, Carol, and Jeff all testify against him. So a lot of people do testify against him. Mm-hmm. Um, so the jury is convinced. It does not take them long to convict Joe of all of his crimes. He is guilty on all charges. Yeah. And he gets 22 years. 22 years in prison. Which, again, most people think is the rest of his life. Yeah, and like he was in county for quite a long time, and then is transferred to state prison. And we don't really know anything about his life in prison except that he is miserable. And that Dylan Passage has chosen to stay with him. Yes. Not in prison, obviously, except you can't do that. Mm-hmm. But Dylan's planning to be faithful. Mm-hmm. And this idea is he's... Uh, Joe very much does not want Dylan to move on. Right. There are a lot of people in that position who would probably be like, let's get a divorce so you can move on with your life. Yeah. But Joe has no intention. No. Of letting anyone move on without him because he cannot have that on his ego. Right. Uh, so then... Well, l- let me ask you this since, like, now he's in jail. Yeah. Do you think he did it? Do I think he killed the tigers? Do you think he killed the tigers? And do you think he put the hit out? Yeah. Yes to both. Yeah. I honestly don't think he put the hit out. I don't think... But I definitely think... He's done enough wrong to deserve being in prison for 22 years. Like, I think he put the hit out. I I think it's like when the Joker says something about he's like a dog with a car. He wouldn't know. (laughs) What to do when he caught it? Yeah. I think he's that with Carol Baskin. Like, I don't think he genuinely believed that Carol Baskin would ever actually get murdered. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, I think he really relished the idea of scaring her. Yeah, he did put cobras in her mailbox. Like, and if she happened to die. Yeah. So, I think I think that was it. Like, I don't think he genuinely thought she was going to get murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, Joe sends Dylan into a storage unit where he has... Boxes upon boxes of incriminating evidence on everyone else involved. Yeah. And, like, everyone. Everyone else we've seen, essentially. Yeah, it is crazy that he's like, yeah, I have a storage unit that is off-site from the park that's just full of evidence. Yeah. That's why I'm thinking he's like Cersei Lannister. Yeah, maybe. Because this is actually kind of a smart move. Mm-hmm. And then he sends Dylan to PETA with it. Mm -hmm. So it's this like, he is going scorched earth. Yeah. Joe Exotic's never going to get to own another tiger. Yeah, so no one's. So no one's going to get to own another tiger. Mm -hmm. So, um, like, some of the allegations are that Doc Antle euthanizes cubs once they age out of the pet and play stage. Again, Mm -hmm. they use that term, euthanize. He has a crematorium on his property to get rid of the evidence. So there's incriminating evidence on everyone. And we find out in the postscript that the feds have raided Doc's compound. Mm-hmm. And Joe is suing God and everyone. Yeah. And Carolyn Howard 
again, this is how they do the um, the imperfect victim. Because we see Carol and Howard celebrate Joe's incarceration mm-hmm. with champagne and Howard serenading Carol with If Ever I Should Leave You from Camelot. And it's cringy and gross. And it's the kind of thing that, like, is probably very sweet if you're Howard or Carol. Mm-hmm. The serenade, but it, it's so gross to watch. Yeah. And, again, imperfect victims. They're kind of depicted as gloating. Yes. And being just like, ha ha ha, we got him. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, theoretically, they're probably very relieved. If there have been serious, like, if she's been seriously worried about attempts on her life, she's probably very relieved that this is out of the, uh, out of the equation. Mm-hmm. And then the end of it is just kind of this old footage of Joe with tigers mm-hmm. over, like, a voiceover of him being sad and old. Yeah. It's it's weird. And, like, it is that perfect, like, poetic justice of, like, all he really wanted to be was famous. And now he is, and he can't see it. Yeah. And this aired and was an instant phenomenon. Yeah, everybody was like on board and we demanded more and Netflix does whatever what they always do. They they turn to Joel McHale. Yeah, I mean, everyone's in quarantine yes. when this is happening. Uh, which is really important because this it's part of why this show was received the way it was. It was a national phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2020 is the year of I'm never going to financially recover from this. Yeah. So, huge phenomenon. So this reunion special came out two, three weeks later. Yes. Uh, Carol is not there. And the Carol Tiger was King not there. contacted. Really? Carol, That's the number one person you want to talk to. That's Carol, not the Tiger King. Carol Baskin claimed she was not contacted for it. Get out. Um... So, she was vocally unhappy Mm -hmm. about the speculation about her... I mean, there's a whole episode that's pretty much building a case for her to go away for murder. Yeah. So, yeah, I can imagine she's not a big fan of it. Not big on it. So, uh, Joel McHale interviews a lot of people. Um, John Finley, his husband, looks great. Yes. Um, He has new teeth. He's yes. grown a really wicked quarantine beard. And he talks about how he really changed his life when his mm-hmm. daughter was born. Mm-hmm. He got rid of all the Joe exotic tattoos. Yeah, we actually do see him prior to the reunion special. Get a cover up. Covering up the tattoo. And uh, he actually explains like a lot of people thought his tattoo looked like crap in the seventh episode. But he kind of says like, no, it was not done. It was still... Yeah, got to heal. And then Joel McHale's like, so why are you shirtless? And he goes, I spent a lot of money on my tattoos. Showing them off. Yeah. Um, yeah, we see we see everybody else. Uh, we see Rick Kirkham, who has moved to Norway. And he's like, now I get recognized on the fjord. Yeah, Rick Kirkham's the one, one that I really want to bring up. Because he tells a story of a woman dropping off a horse to be taken for Joe to take care of. And mm-hmm. Joe promises to take care of it and immediately kills it and feeds it to the tigers. Yes. And tells Kirkham to film it. Yeah. 
And, like, there's got to be tons of just, like, unusable, horrible footage that we're not seeing. Absolutely. Because that, that's something else that I saw on the uh, the Tiger King subreddit. Mm-hmm. Is they had two shots of the lawyer. Yeah. Uh, back to back. And there's a clock in the background. And between the two shots, an hour had passed. And they're like, there's an hour of this lawyer talking. There must be so much more footage. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they worked on this documentary for five years. Five years, yeah. So there's clearly tons of footage that we don't see. It's a documentary. There's Mm -hmm. always... uh, I actually had a discussion with my students about if a movie has an argument. Mm -hmm. And students claim that documentaries didn't. And I was like, no, no, no. Documentaries always have an argument. Always do, yeah. More than any other kind of film, documentaries have a clearly discernible argument. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it might take you a while to be like, okay, the thesis of this comedy is this. You can always figure out the thesis of a documentary. Absolutely. Uh, Some of them talk about how they've been recognized in public. Uh, Saf is like, yeah, I was at Walmart and I was trying to buy food. Now everyone knows who I am. Yeah. Because he's kind of easy to pick out Mm -hmm. because he's missing an arm. Yeah, and Joel asks him about being misgendered. He's like, "Eh, it's a bummer. But whatever. Yeah, he's like super, super chill about it. <laughs> like, I was chill about my arm getting ripped off. <laughs> yeah, like, Saf doesn't seem... He is the best. <laughs> yeah, like, Saf is... <laughs> I just want to have a beer with him. Saf is like chill to the point of ridiculous. Saf probably take you up on that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, like, apparently Kirkham also says that Joe Exotic had to tranquilize the cats for pictures. Because he was afraid of because them? Because he's afraid of tigers. Which is crazy to think about. Uh, I, I also want to point out the Jeff Loeb-Lauren uh, interview. Yeah. Because since it's not all chopped up and stuff, like you can tell that they don't have a traditional relationship. But you can also super tell in this small interview, more than anything else that happens, that they are super in love with each other. Yeah. Because Joel's like, kind of like... Busting their chops like, how's the the new nanny? And Lauren says, she's super hot. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, that that's just their lifestyle. Like, they kind of try to make Jeff Love look like a monster. And he is. But, hey, these crazy kids are in love. Yeah, like, their relationship works for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the campaign manager, Joshua, is one of the saddest stories. Mm-hmm. He is... Very traumatized still. He is using Tiger King's notoriety to uh, crowdfund money for therapy and meds. Yeah. uh, Because he hasn't been able to live a normal life because he's suffering from PTSD from watching Travis die. Yeah. And he says, like, for a year and a half after Travis's death, he was still working in that office. Yeah. And they hadn't, like... They never spackled over the bullet hole in the wall. Yeah, that that line is so terrifying. Because, like, I think about, you know, how a space can just feel wrong mm-hmm. when way less happens. Yeah. Like, I'm going to appeal to everybody's favorite thing in the world. When you see a bug in your house mm-hmm. and you go and grab, like, a cup or a shoe mm-hmm. and you come back. And the bug's gone. And the bug's gone. You're just like, oh, no. Yeah, we got to burn the house down. And you're like, no, it's just in the house. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so anything that So, you... like, that's ways less. And Joshua has to deal with 
essentially that reminder every day. Every day for a year and a half. Uh, Finley, John Finley hates how he's portrayed. He said, like, you know, they acted like I was a drugged out hillbilly. Uh, And South kind of defends Joe Exotic a little bit. I mean, he definitely took in people that no one would have taken in and gave them some sort of a life and a goal. And, like, he definitely helped his employees. Maybe not in the most ethical way, but he did. Yeah. So the day we recorded our last episode, uh, Jeff Lowe did an AMA. Mm -hmm. And it didn't go well. No? No. Uh, Everybody kind of just roasted the crap out of Jeff Lowe for... Uh, there were people who might have been old business partners or just people who didn't like Je- Jeff. Yeah. Just roasting the crap out of him. Interesting. So that was kind of something I noticed okay. in looking at that. Um, did, did you find anything else interesting in that AMA? Uh, not off the top of my head. Oh. But I know you did, so I'm going to yeah. let you. Uh, he claims that Joe Exotic had sex with the Tigers. That's right. I... <laughs> I read that and then... Just blocked it out immediately. I did. But apparently there's bestiality footage. Ugh. Yeah, it's real gross. Yay. Cool. Yeah, isn't that fun to know? Isn't that great that that's in your brain now? Yeah. Anything else that you had to add? Um, nope. Oh, I got some research for you. Cool, no, I did some research. Noah did, Noah did, Noah did some research. Yeah, uh, this is from the Tiger King subreddit. Uh, we wrote to Joe Exotic in prison, and my girlfriend drew him a picture. Today we got this in the mail. Oh my god. How the hell are you? This shit sucks. Tell your girlfriend her picture is going to be the tattoo on some lesbian attorney in Detroit, lol. He wrote LOL in a letter. This is all so wrong. Maybe all you can get Trump to pardon me. Trump was asked in one of his pandemic uh, conferences whether he was going to pardon Joe Exotic. They were like, are you going to pardon the Tiger King? And he was like, I don't know what that is. (laughs) But he's probably going to look into it. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he thinks it'll make him popular. What a, what a yeah what a a publicity stunt it would be if you were to do that. Uh, I want to make the Tiger King the return and expose all this corrupt shit. You all stay in touch. Love you, Joe Exotic. That's bananas. Uh, well, here's the thing though about Joe in prison. Found this out very recently. Okay. He has COVID. Oh, shoot. Yeah. I don't swear on life. Sorry. (laughs) I understand. Um, Holy shirt balls. Yeah. Holy forking shirt balls. Uh, But yeah, he he currently has COVID-19 in prison. Holy. Are are you Googling it right now? Um, He is not under. uh, He is not confirmed to have COVID-19. Uh, the, the, he was in quarantine from being moved okay. between facilities. But I heard the facility that he is in, 70% of all the inmates have it. It's so possible. There's, so there's a really good chance he has COVID. 
Yeah, he has been. He was placed in isolation because he was moved. Yeah. So, some really bad days right now for Joey Exotic. Yeah, because I just I went on to Snopes. Okay. Um, he is not tested positive for COVID nineteen. Okay. Okay. He actually probably didn't have it because he was put in isolation when he was moved. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- that was the information I was given. Uh, so no, excuse me for. For, for spreading fake news. Uh, so we got to ask the big question, though. Should this get another season? Oh, God, no. No? No, I don't want to see any of these people again. <laughs> maybe Saf and maybe Finley. And you know what? Throw in Eric, the nice zookeeper. Well, here's the thing, because I've been thinking about this a lot. For this to be like, sure, let's do a, a show about Saf. That's not Tiger King, though. No. Like, for this to be Tiger King, it has to be about Joe Exotic. Right. And, like, you could do the Tiger King in prison, and it would be, like, a very interesting show. But morally, the worst thing possible. Because it is really sending the message of, like, if you are a crazy person long enough, you will get all you ever wanted. Yeah, you will get so much attention. Because, like, as if they... Man, would I want to watch it. Man, would I want to watch it. But I know morally, it's not a thing I should support. So it has to be a stay duped. Like, I would love to watch a show about Joe Exotic being proven innocent, cleaning up, and then helping his community. But again, that wouldn't be Tiger King Season 2. No. That would be the redemption of Joe Exotic. Yeah, like there's not a way... To there's not a way to do this again. I mean, they took years to make this documentary. Mm-hmm. The only way they could possibly do a Tiger King season two is if they waited another decade. Yeah, for more things to happen. Because right now, like the most I could see them doing is kind of like a follow up on what happens to Jeff Lowe. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if like Tiger King: The Lost Tapes come out. Yeah, but. Like, should they pursue another documentary about Joe Exotic? Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. <laughs> no, Certainly no, no. Certainly should not have. Uh, like, like I said, like, I thought Kirkham was, like, the gasoline on Joe Exotic. So, like, that was him making a show that wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. Imagine what would happen. Now. Did, did Joe Exotic remind you of Jackass sometimes? Just the way he would, like... Because there's a moment where he's in a bunny costume and he takes the head off and he goes... Hi, I'm Joe Exotic, and it's very hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville. No, because I think there's weirdly a self-awareness to Jackass that Joe Exotic wholly lacks. I, I just, I felt like oh, they were almost trying to impersonate it. Maybe. They were trying to get that feel of like, hi, I'm Joe Exotic, here's the stunt. I can see that, but... It, maybe he's intending to evoke jackass, but really he is just a jackass. That, that's, that was very po- poetic. Yes. Uh, so I think that's it for, for Tiger King. I agree. All right. So uh, what do we watch next week? Next week, we're watching Aquaman. We're watching Mercy Reef. I'm just going to call it Aquaman. <laughs> uh, Mercy Reef was a... TV pilot in 2006, uh, it was also titled Aquaman. 
That's why I'm going to call it Aquaman. But it was kind of going in the Smallville direction. Yes. Of calling it Mercy Reef. Yes. So uh, get, get ready, all you Aquaman fanatics. Talking Aquaman. Hey, Editor Noah here. Uh, so we were planning on watching Mercy Reef or Aquaman. Unfortunately, when we went to watch it, it had actually been taken down right before we were about to watch that episode. So we had to mix things up. So I just want to come in here and correct it and say we are going to be watching the WB pilot Nobody's Watch It. So be sure to check that out. Also, if you'd like to see me live, I will be on Twitch. That is twitch.tv slash plus the number two comedy on Friday, May 1st at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the second edition of the Adult Fan Fiction World Championships. We have a bunch of fantastic YouTubers and stand-up comedians who are going to read erratic fan fiction that they have written, some of which will be based off of your suggestions. So please join us live 8 p.m. May 1st. That is this Friday. That is twitch.tv slash plus two comedy. Yep. This is what Noah is preparing for his entire life. Yes. Where can people find us? You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed or at the Stay Doomed Show at gmail.com. And if you want to talk to me about Aquaman, I'm at TV's Noah. If you don't want to talk about Aquaman, I'm at Priorities. Until next time, stay doomed. Hey, did we get any emails about Tiger King before we. We did not. I actually was just on there. All right.